Thanks for listening to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? We're stoked to be back for season five, and this year we're coming back bigger and better than ever. That's right, Michael. You've been busy over the off-season. We're now on Instagram, X, YouTube, and TikTok. And, of course, you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms. Now it's time for another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? Hello and welcome to another edition of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Michael Corbin and joining me, as always, is Emmanuel Pencus. Emmanuel, how are you? Michael, I am well. It was a. It's been an epic, epic week of rugby league. Um, we quite possibly witnessed one of the greatest state of origin games of all time last Wednesday night. It went forever. I didn't move from my couch, and I was exhausted. I felt every hit, every knock, every hit up, every knock on, every mistimed chip kick, every chase. It was extraordinary. I don't know what you're talking about. I have forgotten everything since uh, 3 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. Since before 3 p.m. Saturday <laughs> afternoon. This is the only thing that matters to me right now. Right. Okay. <laughs> Blocked origin out of my mind, forgotten about it, and I've uh, reveled in winning my, my other team uh, being victorious. That's all I care about. But we should talk about it. We really should. It was an excellent game of football. Uh, a masterclass in the second half by Daly Cherry Evans Boot, uh, kicking Queensland to victory. And yet again, Emmanuel, like I said last week, Queensland had us right where they wanted us as underdogs, ready to upset the v- upset the upset the apple cart. Beat the beat the favourites. I think we were a dollar thirty heading into the game at one point, and they do it again. Why? Why were we a dollar thirty? I don't understand. We we've won two deciders at Suncorp. We knew this was going to happen. We expected this to happen. Do you want to know the funny Everyone thing? Everyone knew this was going to happen. Do you want to know me. the funny thing is? Right now, mm-hmm. if you look on the betting markets, we're the favourites for next year. Why? <laughs> Why? No, it just makes no sense. It makes no sense. <laughs> uh, no, look, it, it, Mike, it, it was one of the most incredible games of rugby league I've ever seen. It took about 20 minutes to do the first three minutes of the game because three players were knocked out. Uh, we, we had this extraordinary period of the team sort of sorting each other out and New South Wales just, you could see it. You could feel it happening. They were panicking under pressure. Luai, Tupo, um, Stephen Crichton, uh, errors are plenty. You could just, you could feel it. You could, every, everything, even the, the way that, you know, Matt Burton was just headlocked and absolutely attacked by Gagai and Tino. Everything was to rattle us, to put us off guard, to get us out of our comfort zone. And we just did not have the answers for it. Why was any of that a surprise? Why did we not think that Queensland would use the dirty tactics they always do when a home crowd at Suncorp was never going to boo them for doing the wrong thing? No, they reveled in it. They loved it. And playing up at that stadium is, it's, there's a reason why it's only happened 
twice that we've won a decider up there. And, you know, one of them was with the arguably the greatest player of all time in Andrew Johns having one of the best series ever. Uh, this, this It's so hard to win up there and you don't get any of the favourable calls and you don't get penalties. And, you know, when your centre is getting hit by another centre and their prop comes over and puts that centre in a headlock, the, the prop's not going to the bin. He's going to be lauded for it. And, yeah, they – look, they – Queensland came out with a game plan in the second half and they – kicked us to death. They didn't let us out of their own end. I think Jaylee Cherry Evans at one point put a kick uh, in on second tackle. And, you know, we didn't help it by giving away costly errors. You mentioned Tupu on the stroke of halftime. Really costly error. But then in the second half, Crichton, Paolo, Talakai had the worst 23 minutes of origin, I think, ever. Yeah. and everyone's like, oh, he came on so strong and he made that big hit on Valentine Holmes. One second before that, he missed the tackle on Valentine Holmes. So, like, the, the, there were so many errors. Paolo, Paolo came on, first touch back, uh, back from on the bench, knocked it on. Like, we killed ourselves with stupid errors and the headline the next, the headlines the next day. You knew he was going to cop the blame initially before anyone had a chance to sit back and actually watch and figure out why we lost everyone was coming for Nathan Cleary's head and honestly Nathan Cleary had a a good game he did as much as possible for this team did he have a did he have a game two performance no but he's not to blame for this loss there's so many other players on this New South Wales team who didn't step up I'm now thinking that not putting White in the team was a mistake and Stephen Crichton just doesn't seem like he's ready for that Origin Arena. Would have loved to have seen Latrell out there. Would have been a different game. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think Luai has had a, a rough series, you know, but everyone's going to see the two tries that he scored and thought, okay, he was good. Meh, I thought he was pretty average and I think he'll be fighting for his spot next year. This team is going to be better. If, obviously, if we have Latrell and Tom Travoyevich next year, our team is completely different in terms of firepower. But, you know, there's this. We, we, we said coming into this series, this wasn't going to be a cakewalk like last year. Um, and, you know, they put together a really strong team. And even without Munster, Kalen Ponga was exceptional out the back. Uh, Patrick Carrigan, who was a player of the series, was just just did everything. Look at if you look at his stats, they are incredible. He led the team again in tackles and run meters. He was superb all series for a debutant. And you know, players like Nanai coming in, coming off the bench, obviously the first two games, but then coming into that starting role, he was awesome. And yeah, look, it was it was a close game. It was a really good game. It was really physical. As you mentioned, those first three minutes, just they were grueling. I've never seen anything like that. And one thing I will say is if you're a parent and you've, you know, you've got a six or seven-year-old kid and you're watching this game and you've seen the brutality in the first three minutes and then you see the fight later on in the game, it's not the best look for our game. No, not at all. Just, and and all. like everyone's like, oh, the physicality was excellent. But I'm taking a step back and seeing it from another perspective. I didn't love that part. I, like, I, I didn't like seeing three players knocked out with three in three minutes. That was not fun. That was not fun for anyone. No. 
to me, actually, it's a, it's a concerning feature of the game because I don't know <clears throat> if it's something that's crept into our game, Mike, or if it's something that we're more aware of. But it's also the concern for me is that those three players were all making the tackles. Yeah. Which I think is, is a significant issue in, in how we're teaching players how to tackle. But I agree with you. That is not a good look for the game at all. The punch on, I don't mind. I think it, it's a bad look that the way it happened and it's sort of the third man in and a player can just be grabbed like that and 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 gets away with it. Tino got away with what he did in the same week where the NRL came out and said Latrell did the wrong thing by coming in third man and he should have been Sid Bin. So it was very confusing in that part. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think the, the concussions is a huge issue and the, this is a, a problem the game's going to keep having and it, it's definitely increased since 2014 when Sam Burgess had the injury from the kickoff in the grand final. But you see a lot more of this, especially in the kickoff. It, it's two... Um, teams with you know really fresh men standing starts and this was part of the reason cam murray didn't start in origin one was because of that initial impact um that that these players have and then then in game three in the first couple of minutes he sort of gets concussed from it it as well so it almost it almost happened we thought it happened in game one as well with isaiah yo like that was the first that was the first tackle of the game and we thought he was done but and that was it but Somehow that one wasn't pulled up. I think they, you know, there was a message sent out saying we can't let this go again. But yeah, it was it. It's not the best look, as you said. And look, we're, I'm glad that we're more aware of it, and I'm glad that we're taking the precautions that we are. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't the best sight in the first three minutes to have this game pulled up three times for three players going off. And look, uh, Queensland finished the game with 15 players. New South six. New South Wales 16. So. Yeah, excellent, excellent job by New Queensland. Just look, I had a, a the moment you always you always worry, you always worry, and look, I I think that where everyone is kind of giving it to Freddie, saying he should step down. He's won three out of the last five series. Uh, look, that series that he lost, where it was oh the unlosable series, that was the media hyping that up more than anything. Um, and look, it was a bad loss, but winning three out of five is pretty good for an origin coach. We're just, you know, we've all grown up in the area where Mal won, what, 11 in 12 years, and we just expect someone from New South Wales to be able to do that. I don't think that's ever going to happen for us. I don't think Queensland will ever get to that point again either. Not in our lifetime. Why? I'm I'm just a bit unsure why Freddie is on the chopping block for losing this Origin series, but we put up with Laurie being three from four and then eventually four from five. I just think it, it's a bit of hypocrisy in pockets of the media um, that prefer and have their own sort of agendas as to who they want to coach that team. I also think that this is a, a preemptive strike against sort of any move by Fitler to move to the Bulldogs, which has been speculated over the course of the last couple of months and to, and to sort of heat pressure on from that point in time. So um, we'll see what comes of that. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to say about Origin? I thought Billy was excellent as a coach. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Any other thoughts? Yeah. I, I Look, I, I, we, we, just, we spoke about this um, on the night that some players just, aren't made for origin. They're just not made for that arena. Some people just can't 
go to the next level and rise to the occasion. You've got halves there in Munster and Cherry Evans who are just masters on their day. And when they're informed, they're easily classified as the best game, uh, players in the game and the best game managers in the game. And uh, I know New South Wales for about seven or eight years have really favoured this idea of club combinations and how crucial they are. But next year, are we willing to break the club combination so that we can have Matt Burden in the side and if they're fit, Luttrell and Tommy Turbo in the centres? And I, I would be surprised if, if it's not broken for that. And, and I think Burton and Cleary in that six and seven role is something that New South Wales will need to look at and, and reconsider whether Luai is in the team. I And look, I think Liam Martin as well wasn't great. I thought Angus Crichton was excellent on the other side. Uh, Liam Martin just doesn't really offer you much as a player. He's not a huge impact player, doesn't offer much in attack kind of a dead zone when the ball gets past him, doesn't have a good passing game. So I thought he was he struggled a bit as well. Um, yeah, look, there, there, there will be some changes obviously coming in next year. Latrell and Tom, if they're healthy, they're guaranteed locks in the side because they were missed this year, you could tell. One player I, I do want to mention, I know Homerism, James Tedesco was awesome every single game. I think he averaged like 290 metres, had eight or nine tackle busts a, a game. I think he's now leads uh, holds the record for most run meters in Origin as well. Oh no, he's second behind Petro Sivanasiva. So like he was he was awesome, led from the front foot as captain, and just was everywhere, absolutely everywhere um, in a beaten side. You know there was talks of maybe him even getting the Wally Lewis medal, even in a losing in a, in a losing series. We've seen that before from Billy Slater, so. You know, not unprecedented, but I just wanted to call him out and say he had an excellent, excellent series and will be probably the captain of Australia at the end of the year. Yeah, and fair enough. All right, should we leave it there and we'll get into back to Clubland? Yes. Now, not to be outdone, of course, it's the NRL's big stage, state of origin, not to be outdone. The Tigers themselves had a, had a very big week, uh, of course, in their own sort of special competition, not state of origin, but just sort of incompetence of origin, uh, I guess you could call it. So this is the club that appointed Tim Sheens to be the coaching director uh, who came out to Australia to be the uh, conduit between Michael Maguire and the board, um, sort of discuss what was happening, uh, what the players were feeling, what the football department was thinking what needed to be done to improve the club. Uh, he undertook a mid-season review. Uh, everything was on the table except him coaching. That apparently was not a go. Uh, they sacked Madge. They reached out to Seraldo. Seraldo rejected him. Uh, they did another look around. They went back to Seraldo with a bigger offer. He still rejected the Tigers. And at that point, the grand plan, Tim Sheens, who denied he wanted to coach the Tigers, is going to coach the Tigers for a couple of seasons. And Benji Marshall and Robbie Farah are going to be his assistants. And then from 2025, Benji Marshall will take the reins as head coach of the club um, where he played in that most famous grand final winning team. Yeah, look, in terms of the timing and everything that's happened beforehand, it's absolute fiasco. It's been ridiculous. But 
I think this is the right outcome. I think that Sheens will be able to bring along Robbie and Benji and groom them to be a, you know, he will teach them the X's and O's. And then when it's time for him to step away, Benji will have the experience of having those, you know, being an assistant coach and coming as a club legend. He will be able to recruit players. Maybe even, you know, he's got that New Zealand connection, which will help as well for recruitment. Uh, and then eventually to, I'm not, look, we have no idea if Benji's going to be a good head coach or not. He's a smart player, high IQ, uh, obviously a, a long-term uh, half in this game and understands the game very well. So he has the he has the ability to be a good coach and the smarts to be a good coach. We'll see how this pans out over the next few years. But I think it's in conceptually, it's the right approach. Yeah. Let's see what happens though, Mike. Yeah, it's, it's, um, the it's, tiger, it's a Tigers. The Tigers, yeah, the Tigers in the space of five years tend to sack about four coaches. So I don't know how they're going to hold out with this five-year plan. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Well, if they sack Tim Sheens, then they know we know who's taking over then, don't we? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's leave the Tigers there because uh, they've disrespected uh, the NRL with their performances over the last uh, few weeks. And let's talk about the middle of the table. There's a lot going on there. That seven to, I guess, seven to 12, I think it is now, or seven to 11. It is now. Yep, seven to 11. Okay, so um, I'm drawing a line. On 12th to 16th in this competition, yep. there's now six six points between uh, 11th place St. George on 18 points and the 12th placed Warriors. Uh, Warriors, Newcastle, Canterbury, Gold Coast and Tigers, they will not be participating in this year's finals. Um, so we can go through and dissect their performances probably a bit later in the season. Uh, but as Michael said, the, the log jam really is this 7th to 11th positioning. Uh, Souths in 7th on 22 points, Manly uh, in 8th on 20, and then the Roosters, Raiders and Dragons on 18 points. Roosters positive for and against, Canberra at negative 37, and St George negative 112, and after last week's performance, making it quite tricky for themselves. Sorry, what, now, was the score? What, was, the- what was the score? What was the score in last week's before? I just I need people to understand. I, people who weren't aware what happened in last week's game. Michael, it's a real summary of the Roosters' season that you keep talking about this result. We put fifty-four points on the Dragons, Emmanuel. <laughs> forty-two yeah, of them team- in forty-two of them in forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look. Um, <laughs> you just, look, this is the most exciting win that my team has had all year, even if it did cost us two ACLs and a fractured eye socket. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, look, so the ladder is, outside of Penrith, the ladder is really log jam. So second and third are both on 26 points. And then fourth, fifth and sixth are all on 24. And then south's on seventh on 22. Uh, so really the ball is in South's court here to sort of hold that spot. And if they fall out from here, concerning, but unsurprising, given the draw they've got coming up, which we'll discuss in a second. So um, the, the Bunnies run home is not pleasant. They play 
four, the four top four teams. They also play Parramatta, who are sixth. And then the only one outside that uh, is the Warriors. And then you versus the Roosters. Uh, and the Roosters as well, So, which is, which is no easy game at the best of times. Uh, so that, that's a bit of a tricky run for Souths. Um, but they do have the advantage of their position. So uh, uh, winning two, maybe three of those games should get us home. I think you will need you will at least need twenty six points at least. Yeah, I think yeah. twenty eight is going to be the mark. I do think twenty eight is going to be the mark this year. Yeah, uh, and then Manly, who are in eighth spot. Now they play the Dragons and the Roosters, who are both below them. Then they play um, Parramatta, which will be a, a fiery game. And Parramatta are only sitting just above Souths. Then they play uh, the Gold Coast. Then they play Cronulla, which uh, is always a spicy contest. Um, and then they play Canberra, who are, who are also in the running for a spot. And that game is in Canberra before finishing up uh, against the Bulldogs in round 25. So uh, Manly with, with, with probably a more gentle run home. The Roosters is interesting as well. So the Roosters play Newcastle and Manly away. So that's a big game the following week, Mike. Yeah, so uh, next, week's a, you've yeah. Got, next week's a huge yeah. game. Yeah, and then, and then you follow that up with uh, the Broncos and the Cowboys. So, so two quality teams, but you're playing both of them in Sydney. You then play the Tigers in Sydney. Uh, before Melbourne in Melbourne and then Souths at the new Allianz Stadium. So it's not simple for these teams either, especially Souths, Manly and the Roosters, who I think were expected to be a bit higher on the ladder and probably uh, some big clashes finishing up at the end of the year. We Mm -hmm. both have the Cowboys, who I think were meant to be our soft team. Yeah, they're not. Same as the Broncos, supposed to be a soft team. Not, Not at this point in time. Uh, the interesting, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Melbourne go because at the moment they've lost three in a row for the first time since 2015, I believe. And I'm, I'm not saying, I, don't, I think they'll make the eight, but I'm wondering how far they can slide. They verse, they verse you this week, which is going to be a very interesting game. I think they verse Penrith at well, it's, as well at some point. Um, so their schedule is not that easy either. Yeah, so it, it it is very sort of Penrith and seven other teams at the moment oh, kind dear. of set up. I think so. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the last time a team was eight points clear at this point of the season uh, was 1959 by the Dragons. I think I read that somewhere. Is that right? That's how dominant that- this team is. They've lost one game. It was to the Eels. They've lost one game all year. It was a two point game, I think. Yeah, it's it's actually insane. Um, okay, and then Canberra's run. So Canberra's probably got the the, the gentlest run of everyone, Mike. So they've got yeah. the Warriors this weekend, uh, and then they play the Gold Coast on the Gold Coast. They host Penrith, uh, which is probably the toughest part. They then play St George um, before they go to Newcastle. Uh, they play Manly as well, so that one's another one that could be spicy in terms of who finishes in the eighth in the eight, uh, and then they play the Tigers at Leichhardt. So it, it's a kinder run for them. And then St. George, who probably faced the steepest challenge because of that woeful for and against, they host Manly and the Cowboys before 
going to Bermuda Triangle at Cronulla before going to Canberra, uh, which has always been their bogey location. Uh, they then take on the Gold Coast before uh, the Tigers game in round 24, and then they finish it off by hosting Brisbane. So I think we could probably get a clearer indication of St. George before the others. I think that over the next two weeks, look, if Manly win this week and next week, they verse the Dragons, then the Roosters, this could be all done. This could be over because there'll be a few points clear, especially if they beat the Raiders in that game a few weeks away from it. So Manly, Manly really hold their fate at the moment. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they play. They're in really good form. They've won four in a row, even without Tom Dravojevic. Haven't had the toughest of opponents, uh, but they did beat Melbourne, I believe, a couple of weeks ago. So, look, Melbourne, obviously, we've just spoken about Melbourne. Uh, but the two really big games in Dragons and the Roosters coming up the next two weeks will tell a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, so we'll go through it in team list, but Jake is out this weekend, which is probably a needed boost for the Dragons. But I agree with you. If Manly win the next two, uh, it does increase the gap. So I've never wanted Manly to win two games so much. <laughs> Are you scared of us, are you? No, not scared. Just happy to see you uh, down the bottom. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's go into round uh, 19. Are we in now? We are business end, Mike. Let's go into round 19. Melbourne Melbourne upset everyone's perfect week, by the way, in tipping. No one got a perfect week. No. A lot of sevens, a lot of sixes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This week, probably a bit more interesting. So Thursday night, Parramatta hosts the Broncos at Combank Stadium uh, for Para. Ryan Madison's return from a rib injury sees Nia Cora revert to the bench and Rodwell dropped to 18th man. Bryce Cartwright has recovered from a rib injury and is listed amongst the reserves. For the Broncos, Oates, Capewell, Carrigan all return. Cobbo remains sidelined. Payne Haas has been named for his first game since round 16. And Corey Pakes also returns. Jake Turpin's been promoted to start at hooker with Billy Walters sidelined by a hip injury. Um, the big guns, Palacia, Flegler, and Hetherington shift um, to the bench, and Hoiter, Hosking, and Reese Kennedy drop to the reserves. This is a very interesting game. Yeah, it's be a really good game. Obviously, there's a bit of history with these two teams. Uh, I think over the finals, the last few, I think not last year, but two years ago, obviously the Eels destroyed the Broncos and sent them home. I think it was was forty six nil in the. Preliminary final? Oh, not the preliminary final. 59. 59. Sorry, 59-0. Fun stat I saw today, the Eels are the last team to compete in a uh, – the team that uh, has spent the least amount of – sorry, let me rephrase that. They are the team that has spent – hasn't made the preliminary final uh, longer than any other team. 2009 was the last time they made a preliminary final. Every other team has made one since then. Yeah, so they're in a preliminary final drought yeah. of 13 years yeah. and a premiership drought of 36 years. Yeah. Uh, and that, that last preliminary final was when they made their fluky run from yeah, they, and they, they ended up making the grand final and losing to a Melbourne team who got the title stripped. Um, yeah. They've also, this last week was the first time they won two games, uh, I think, in about three months, two games in a row in about yeah. three months. 
So some patchy form from the Eels. I'm tipping the Broncos in this one. I just think Adam Reynolds, Payne Haas back, Carrigan's back in this team. The Broncos looked really good. The baby Broncos looked really good against the Dragons a couple of weeks ago. A couple outs against the Titans wasn't their best game, but I think that they'll bounce back and have a really good game against the Eels. Interesting. Uh, it's it's going to be a good one. Yeah. A really good one. Um, okay, another good one. Friday night at 6 p.m., Dragons hosting Manly at Cogra. So Mbai moves into the starting side in the place of Suli, who suffered an ankle injury against the Roosters. Jaden Sullivan takes Mbai's place on the bench. Tarek Sims returns from suspension, so Aaron Woods drops to 18th man. Uh, as I said a short time ago, Jake is out. He has COVID. Sipley comes into the starting side, and Pasika joins the interchange. Uh, do you reckon Josh McGuire selected himself on the bench this week, considering how much input he has into team lists every week? <laughs> yeah, look. Um, who would have seen that coming, Michael? All right. Crazy. Uh, yeah, I'm tipping the I'm tipping the Seagulls in this one. I think C Manly will win, despite not having uh, Jake. They've been in really good form. Ruben Garrick has been awesome at fullback in uh, Tom's absence. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Friday night, Knights host the Roosters. So for the Knights, Dom Young is listed amongst the reserves as he races the clock to overcome a rib injury. Heimel Hunt has been named on the wing for his first game of the season. Frizzell and Edric Lee also suffered injuries against Manly but have been named to play. Sasangi is out and in his place, uh, Brody Jones has come onto the bench. Kurt Mann also joins the bench after missing the loss to Manly with a leg injury. For the Roosters, Kiri and Hargraves are back on deck. Joey Manu goes back to the centres. Matt Lodge comes into the starting side to fill the void left by Taukeaho. Nat Butcher moves to the second row to cover for Tupanua. And Terrell May is the new face on the bench. Michael is nodding. He is excited. This is a strong team. Yeah, still no Lindsay Collins, though. Um which is interesting. I thought he would have been back after that head knock. Uh, I look. I'm. I'm excited. I'm not sure whether Manu in the centres is our best play, considering how good he has been at six the last couple of weeks. He has been incredible, and I think Tedesco came out today and said that he's our long term six, and Suwali is our long term centre. Uh, be interesting to see when that change is made. Uh, I don't think it'll be end of the year. season. I don't think it'll be this yeah. year. Um, but yes, Kiri being back helps. Uh, Matt Lodge was really good uh, in his debut for us, and Jared just helps a plenty. Um, so I, yeah, I'm tipping the Roosters. Despite what happened in round one, where uh, everything goes crazy, I'm tipping the Roosters in this one to beat the Knights. Okay. Um... Saturday afternoon, Canberra hosts the Warriors. For Canberra, Rapin has been suspended for two matches, so Kotrick takes over on the wing in his return from a leg injury. Schiller is out with an ankle injury, replaced on the wing by Albert Hopawati. Uh, Whitehead also returns after missing the Storm game, so Harawira Naira goes to the bench. For the Warriors, Reese Walsh has been bumped to the bench. Uh, RC is preferred at 5'8", ahead of Volkman, who was rested last week. Um, Chanel Harris-DeVita gets the nod at fullback after starting there against the Tigers while DWZ returns on the wing in place of Cozy after sitting out with uh, COVID. So Mike Reese walsh has been benched based on his move to Brisbane at the end of next year. 
I also heard tonight that apparently Melbourne made a play for Reese Walsh to play there for the rest of the year to fill the void left by Pap. Oh, what nice guys, Melbourne. I think they're also going after Nathan Brown and Tarek Sims to cover some of their injury woes. Uh, I'm tipping the Raiders in this one. I mean, they'll get it done. Yep. Big game Saturday night, 5.30. Panthers hosting Cronulla, a top four clash. Panthers origin stars return with Nathan back from uh, his Bali trip. Uh, so there's no room for Lindsay Smith, Sonny Luke, Kurt Falls or Robert Jennings in their squad. Matty Eisenhuth and Mitch Kenny go back uh, to the interchange after starting against the Tigers. For Cronulla, Talakai is back in the centres. Tracy shifts to the wing in place of Katoa, who will miss the remainder of the season following shoulder surgery. And the Cora's return from suspension sees Wilton revert to the bench and Colquhoun move to the reserves. Yeah, bad injury for Katoa. I think it was actually a torn pec. I think in our physio put out today, uh, I... Look, Sharks were really good on the weekend against the Cowboys, but I am tipping Panthers even without all their origin players. They came out and still beat a Tigers team that I guess was also playing reserve grade players, but the Panthers, they haven't lost barely all year. How can you tip against them? Yep. Big game Saturday night. Melbourne have won seven in a row over Souths, but Melbourne have lost their last three. So uh, one streak will continue and possibly one will come to an end. Uh, for Souths, Cam Murray returns after missing the Bulldogs game due to the head knock from Origin 3, and Damian Cook returns after his weekend away in Queensland. Was he meeting with Wayne? Big question. Uh, Davy Moali and Saliva Havili go back to the bench, and David Daniel Saluka Fafida is 18th man. Jed Cartwright has been promoted to the starting side in the centres, with Tane Milne dropping out. Uh, and for the Storm, Pappenhausen's season-ending injury sees Meany shift from wing to fullback. Wishart is the new winger, and Grant Anderson joins the bench, having recovered from an elbow injury. Horrible injury for Pappenhausen. Fractured kneecap just sounds. So painful, and he was putting his body on the line, trying to stop a try in doing so. Uh, big loss, just hasn't had any luck over the last couple of years of injuries. Um, and I, I just think that Melbourne's chances are diminished with him not being there. And you counter that with the form of Latrell, who just took the put the bunnies on his back in the last 20 minutes against the dogs on the weekend. No one could stop him. And he's when he interjects himself into a game, there is very few who can impact it like he can with just his brute physical physicality and his IQ and his speed and power, everything. He's he's special to watch. And look, he doesn't he's not James Tedesco, he's not going to be having 300 meters a game. But when he does get his hands on the ball, there's very there is probably no one in the league who can do what he can. So I'm tipping Souths in this one. Huge, mm-hmm. huge tip from Michael Corbin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Latrell was awesome last week. Absolutely awesome. Souths need to fix their defense, uh, especially in the outside backs. It is a disaster at the best of times. Yeah, uh, look, Cam Murray helps, obviously, because he shuts down a lot in the middle and it just makes it harder to get out to those wings. But yeah, defense on the wings, Jackson Paulo, 
tough, tough watch sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Sunday afternoon, Bulldogs host the Titans and we'll be hoping to leapfrog them or push their way further up the ladder away from that dreaded last spot. Um, but a big loss with Addo Carr uh, injured last week, supposedly, but he has been named and will be monitored during the week. Shoop is listed as 18th man as he looks to return from COVID, while Dufty's amongst the reserves. For the Titans, a huge boost with Jaden Campbell named on the bench for his first game since round 13. Uh, big Tina returns to the starting side at lock, and Aaron Clark goes to the bench. Kevin Proctor is again listed amongst the reserves uh, as he nears a return. Uh, tipping the Bulldogs for this one. Don't really want yep. to talk too much about this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then final game of the round, Cowboys uh, with a rare Sunday afternoon Channel 9 game hosting the Tigers. Val Holmes, Dearden and Nanai are back after being rested in round 18, while Murray Tualangi is also back. Nanai's return pushes Leilua to prop and Tanua Brown to the bench. The hammer goes to the bench in Hampton, Connolly, Lemuelu and Thomas Chester drop out. For the Tigers, James Roberts and David Nofaluma are listed amongst reserves as they look to return after missing the Panthers game due to illness. Naden is back on the wing after serving a four-game ban. Tamo moves into the starting side in his 300th NRL game, pushing Musgrove to the bench, and Tyrone Peachy and Alex Seifarth are the new faces on the bench. Again, tipping the Tigers. Uh, tipping the Cowboys, not the Tigers. Uh, I think they'll get this done easily. Yep. Um, awesome. So Mike's tips are the Broncos over the Eels, Manly over the Dragons, the Roosters over the Knights, Raiders to beat the Warriors, Penrith to win at home against Cronulla, Souths to uh, win a rare game against the Storm, the Dogs to beat the Titans, and the Cowboys to win it against the Tigers. That's it. Perfect. All right. Uh, we're going to leave you there. Uh Enjoy the round of football. Uh, as always, please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. And one more thing, Emmanuel, how good is rugby league? How good is rugby league? Thanks, Thanks guys. Michael.